Hello and welcome to the Impact Podcast from us at Impact Wales. We're Finn and Jane and every week we'll be bringing you lots of discussion, comments and opinion on everything research and education. We'll be talking professional learning, what's happening in the education world and everything in between to help you make a difference in your school. Hello Jane. Hi Finn. When I said, are you ready? You went, yes yeah. well we're if those of you who listen religiously each week you will know that we, we the don't, five people who the five is yeah we don't like really recording on a friday afternoon and today it's is friday, friday afternoon. afternoon yeah so but so here we are Same <laughs> face on you literally go. said that yeah. in unison okay so um before we talk about what we're going to talk about today let's talk about what we did last week or what we've what, been doing yeah what we've been doing this week but mm-hmm. obviously the podcast is going out next week so what did we do last week so mm-hmm. we had a, we've had um a bit of a, a a little foray out into east wales yes this week we went to trellick primary which is the first time for us yes a uh, bit of a traumatic day for yes. both of us but we were you know we got there in the end car just, troubles both sides I yeah, I, yeah i'm <laughs> just saying i'm spending 600 pounds on a new wheel I know. yeah it's not, not good it's not good is it and i and my sat nav took me if anybody knows where Trellick is, it's a beautiful place, but it's it just my satnav took me yeah. on little grass on the journey tracks that had grass growing down the middle, which was <laughs> which was a very fun at eight eight thirty in the morning. But never so mind. that's that's where we've been this week. We've yeah. also been uh, putting together the research uh, background for our closing the gap workshop, which is coming up on October the fifth. Yes, so if you haven't signed up for that, that's have a look at that. Yep, we've got two other workshops coming up as well. We've got the updated assessment progression and accountability workshop. Uh, both in South Wales and North Wales. Yes, we've got another little road trip to North Wales. We to North Wales. And yes, we've also got uh, the pedagogy workshop coming up. The, the workshop. Pedagogy in Curriculum for Wales workshop. Yeah. Pedagogy at the heart of Curriculum for Wales. That's right. So when? Uh, coming up in November. So, yeah, um, yep. So check out oh, those. We're all over. We're, 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 we're global. global. What's the word? And Wales. Wales, yes, that's what we've been doing. Okay, so, uh, oh, do you know what? Just as a complete aside, nothing to do with education. I only just realised what the air company, Pan Am. Of course, it's Pan Pan America. Oh, you know those things, you don't think about it. Yeah, right. Okay, that's my stupidity aside. So what we're going to talk about today, we are going to be talking about an analysis that we have done on the ESTIM recommendations for all primary and secondary schools who received a full inspection in the academic year 22-23. Yeah, I mean, there's been quite a lot. I mean, we look at them, you know, when they when they do come out, because I think we're interested to see where schools are in the process and also things that are um, being picked up by ESTING as, as possibly, you know, areas that, that schools will need support, support with. But I think it's quite interesting to look at it um, on an annual basis and look at that picture. And I think we always love the big picture when we, when we talk about things to see where the trends are and, and what what really, well, it's every bit of data that we collect, we always say, don't we, that is we use data just to raise more questions. And I think that's the one thing that we've had a week of questions back and forth about some of the recommendations about things that schools could be doing and mm. um, to put things in place or to to look at uh, uh, you know in in conjunction with what 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 Esther picking up well this is the thing and you know um going back to what we've been doing this week I have been sitting there for five days five whole days putting all this stuff together it's 802 recommendations 
And it just seems like, well, there's 802 recommendations out there that have information in them. What could we do with yeah. them? So that that's what we've been doing. Alongside that, I have been mainly looking at my phone, letting 300 plus new members onto our private Facebook group, because obviously yeah. after this podcast, we'll be doing a, a Facebook Live um event where we're just yeah. going to be going into a little bit more it, tea and answering questions it on was this. quite an interesting morning there the morning that the the post went on facebook is that because we were in tralic there was very limited phone signal and yeah. then when we finally got phone signal it was like oh 150 it's, it's, it's requests people waiting. Yeah, so yeah, apologies yeah. if people have taken it's taken a while to get them in but yeah. i think with the, with the facebook group particularly and particularly with this acid of evaluation, yeah, we were coming at this from what support do would teachers and head teachers really want? Well, this from, is the point, this, isn't, isn't it? it? You you get your acid inspection, you get your recommendations, and then you have to think about well, what we're going to do with that. And, yeah. and that's the bit that we're interested in is with all this data that is available, mm. publicly available out there, it seemed like you know foolish not to look yeah. at it and just go, yeah. well, what could it tell us about? what's going on, what Esten are seeing, what they're not seeing, what they're identifying, what they're not identifying. And we've actually, joy of joys, we've identified another thing to do with the data that we haven't yet done that we're going to be doing, that we are going to be talking about in our Facebook Live, but we'll we'll come to that uh, later on. So it's these recommendations that are really, really useful to schools and head teachers, um, but not from a, a, a position of, Oh, well, they tell you what to do. That's not what we mean. It's just looking at, well, what is it that Essen is seeing? What are they looking at? What's the range? What's what's important for different, you know, groups of schools or different elements? Of yeah, the are there work? different things being being identified within groups of primaries, groups of secondaries? Yeah, and and that sort of thing, isn't it? So let let's talk about first why we did this. Mm. Well, partly why we did was we we actually did something similar just for the autumn term and that was really really interesting um and then you pointed out to me that oh there's a whole year's worth there now and I went oh yeah so well, let's have a look at that but in terms of accountability it's the only accountability measure available for schools uh, primary schools at the moment and it's one of two accountability measures available for mm-hmm. secondary schools and of course the GCSE key safe mm-hmm. for indicators the cat nine as it as it currently is that doesn't have any kind of information in it about curriculum for Wales because CAP9 is only for those pupils who are currently sitting GCSEs and that's not going to be, um, you know, curriculum for Wales is not going to be impacting on that for quite some time as it goes through the, you know, the rollout process. So, of course, given that their accountability, uh, given that the recommendations are in effect, the, the accountability measure for primary and most of the accountability for secondary, what schools do in response to that is going to be crucial. Mm. But but I also think as a as a as a head teacher or a senior leader or even a teacher mm. in a school is that it's always useful to have a look and see what similar schools mm. are being uh, or think issues that have been uh, identified you know not just issues but also very positive things as well so it gives you a little bit of that that self-check doesn't it from where we are at school mm. 
and what the schools on the road or and I know is another similar school up in North Wales uh, compared to South Wales and let's look at the issues and things that are being raised there and how it might make me reflect yeah as, as a practitioner within school about, and, and where we are on the journey because I know you know I know we say acid is just a snapshot from, from when they go but they do take a much broader uh, look at things that are going on but Essen is still a worry and it's a concern. Absolutely. And you know, if it's if it's accountability and people, you know, in the absolute worst case scenario are, you know, retiring early yeah. or, or moving on to a yeah. different school or losing their jobs, you know, it is really, really important. But what the, the way in which we're coming at this is, you know, if you're going to improve, then you need to be well informed yeah. to make the right decisions. So what we're doing is we are sharing information that is um, publicly available, that we have done something with, and we'll go through exactly what we've done yeah. in, a, in a second, just so that you can have that information and then make your own judgments yeah. about what you want to do with that. It's we're not we're not giving our opinion on this. We are just looking at what is there, what, what the is facts there, yeah. are there, what we can. Organizing it in a slightly different way. That's exactly, exactly what what we can uh, surmise from what's there and what we can't surmise from yeah. what's there. So when we're thinking about what the recommendations can show is that we want to understand what Estin are seeing as the main issues, mm. you know, or the prevalent issues. What's coming up again and again? Yeah. You know, which are the most popular recommendations to be made and why, um, and then think about what schools might be doing in response mm -hmm. to that but we also want to look at you know if Estin have spent the year going into schools and looking at what schools are providing for their pupils and the concerns that pupils are bringing in in terms of their learning needs and how schools are addressing mm -hmm. that no we also want to really uh, respond to um, or correlate that with what research tells us are the issues post-COVID, you know, so if we've got a body of schools in Wales who are dealing with the um, challenges that the impact of multiple lockdowns have had on pupils, you would expect that to appear in recommendations. So that's something else that we wanted to look at when we looked at this. Um, and we wanted to do something that was actually going to be useful to head teachers and teachers not just, you know, analysis for the sake of it, or, you know, to, uh, we're not about blame or anything like that. We're not doing this from an accountability purpose. We're doing this from a, from a let's find out, let's look at what the issues are yeah. so that we can make good it's decisions. What can we do with this information, isn't it? It's it's like any set of information. Yeah. You know, what's the point if, if collating it and putting it in a in a lovely spreadsheet? I'm yes. Gonna, I'm only live a spreadsheet going, I really don't. I really <laughs> I don't. But it's about, you know, we've done this, so let's do something with it. So whatever they collect, you need to do something with, but that's what we're yeah. aiming to do here today. Absolutely. But, you know, that there should be a word of warning to everybody listening to this out yeah. there that this is this is our analysis. This is what we have done. You know, um, we have, I have spent five days doing this and it was blood, sweat and tears. But, you know, we've used the direct evidence yeah. um, and we'll show you and yeah. talk about how we've done that but you know bear in mind that, that treat it with caution this, yeah. this there's is there's no context is there no there? and you know we haven't been into the yeah. schools ourselves yeah. we haven't spoken to the teachers during an estin yeah. inspection only estin has yeah. done that so there's the limit to what it's this the headline it's the headlines isn't it that's yeah. what we're looking at yeah absolutely so it, as jane was saying it, you know it helps us to bring up 
additional questions. So let's just, I just want to kind of walk through what, what was actually done. What process did we go through for the analysis? So what we did, so we took all of the primary and secondary full inspections. That means we excluded the, the revisits who yeah. for those schools were in the category. We took all of the recommendations from all of those primary and secondary schools and put them in a spreadsheet. Then we um, actually, you know, put a, a sample size table at the beginning saying, well, how many schools were there? Um, you know, what types of schools and how many recommendations and so on. Then we went through um, all of the different schools and made sure that that um, the um, follow up action was attributed mm -hmm. to the school. So if they were a school that just had to um, complete an action plan, then we cat categorized it on our spreadsheet that way. If they were just a case, or just a case study, a case study, um, there was also Estin review, mm -hmm. there was Estin and LA review, there's significant improvement and there's special measures. So um, all of that information was attributed to the appropriate school. Then we did, and this is the kind of the bit that maybe needs to be treated with caution, we categorised the recommendations into one of 30 <clears throat> different categories. This was the bit that really sent you over the edge, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> the spreadsheet oh, wouldn't play there was a lot of long work and there was actually there was one recommendation <laughs> in the whole of the 802 that didn't fit into any category and I just didn't want to give it one of its own but it was developing opportunities for pupils to engage in visits within the locality to enhance their learning experiences so if that was you it's not yeah. in a category okay so then what we did is we worked out for each of the categories, how many recommendations had been made in each category, yeah. but then what percentage or what proportion of um, those that category yeah. for each sort of um, category of yeah. school. So, you know, we, we looked at um, how many of all of the schools got a category to do with evaluation and improvement. Yeah, yeah. It's, but it's also bearing in mind those, those of you who are mathematically minded that we are talking in some cases very small numbers so mm. statistically some of the percentages are a little bit you know yeah pitch of salt and and what we're going to do today on the podcast is we are going to talk about um general comments questions that we might have um in relation to this we're going to look at some of the categories and i'm going we're both shuffling by the way shuffling papers yeah, yeah. going down to some of the categories right at the bottom and i'm looking here that were 0.1 percent of all of the recommendations obviously we're not going to look at those because they're kind of negligible so we're only going to look at the, the top well, it's, it's the, the, the the headlines isn't it the ones that are that are being raised in multiple yeah. schools yeah which gives you a bit of a steer yeah and so if you're interested in finding out more more than what we say today then if you come to our facebook live events we're going to be answering questions so, you know, we're, we're going to be giving you the, the kind of headlines, but in the podcast today, but if there's something that you want to ask, then the yeah. Facebook Live place is the, is the place to ask. No, we did set a date today, didn't we? For the Facebook we did. Place, but I can't remember what we said. It was the Tuesday, the 26th, I want to say, I, the I, 26th yeah, want, yeah, of September well, but, at 4 p.m. Yeah, but we'll, 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 we'll talk do, about that in our next podcast. What we'll do is we'll ask our Martin you know, game, yeah, Gary. I'm going to get up as we're talking. I'm just gonna get we it. Say, we say, you know, whatever. Yeah. I am walking across the office. Right. And we're going to we'll put the um a link to join our Facebook group in the show notes. 26th of September, Finn. At four o'clock. Okay. 
But if you'd like to join our Facebook group so that you can join our Facebook live events, then um, just click the link in the show notes and um, bear in mind that, as I say, over the last 48 hours, you've probably had 300, 350 requests and we have to review each one. So please do remember that. And of course, the reason that we review each one, just print out there, is that um, we're not had... being mean. Sorry? We're not being mean. We're not being no. mean. The reason that we review each one is that we feel it's really, really important that our private Facebook group is a place where head teachers and teachers mm-hmm. feel safe to talk about the things that yeah. are concerning them. Yeah. Not overlooked by public funded support advisors or ESTIN directors, inspectors, or other consultants yeah. or parents, you Welsh know, government. Yeah, Welsh really. government. So it really is a place for teachers and head teachers to yeah. talk about what's important to them. There are precious few of those places so our facebook group so if you're because twitter certainly isn't is it no so if you happen to be someone who is interested but not a teacher please don't be offended if we decline your access to the facebook group you know just contact us and we'll talk about it with you separately but not in the Facebook. we're happy to have a conversation with anybody about this aren't we yeah you know absolutely absolutely this is not us about you know this is not us protecting the information we're protecting the people having the conversation yeah. about the information because obviously it's publicly available. So shall we go to, I'm going to hand it over to you, Jane, to talk about the school statistics because we've put it in a nice table just to give people a flavour of what well, it looks like. When we look at, there were, there were 259 schools in, in, in total. And from that, there were obviously more primary. So there were 213 primary, which was compared then to 32 secondary. And of those 32 secondary, remembering that, secondaries had the choice whether when they were going to implement curriculum for Wales we felt it was important maybe to have a look and see if there were any different recommendations different groups of recommendations that were that were cropping up for, for secondaries who were implementing curriculum for Wales in 2022 or those who were leaving it until 2023 so those schools were split for no curriculum for Wales secondaries were 21 um, and it's roughly half of that um, who were doing curriculum for Wales so it was, it was, it was roughly, yeah yeah and they were nine all eight or all age schools and because we're talking with quite a small number of all age obviously the percentages do get skewed quite a little bit so it's just be very careful when we're going there so from the secondary in a monitoring category for the word in some sort of um follow-up follow up, i don't like the word monitor category we've got 37.5 percent percent of those schools so it's roughly about 12 were in that sort of follow-up category for the secondary for those who were doing curriculum for wales it's roughly 50 just over 50 percent of them yeah we're uh, in follow-up but then in, some in, yeah, follow-up. yeah but for those not following curriculum for wales it was roughly about 28 percent of them yeah. so you know it's the same number of schools but obviously yeah. they were more and they were very small numbers obviously yeah. so the total number of schools from 2022-23 that um, went into some kind of follow-up were 57 schools in total which is 27 percent yeah and there were 15 schools who went into special measures so that was only 5.8 percent of yeah but if you look at the comparison it's it was just a 20 percent of primary but nearly 40 percent of secondary Mm. but obviously there's less secondary so yeah so smaller numbers you know so bearing in mind that this is um bearing the data in mind yeah. so there were some general comments about the 
the process, the sample size, mm -hmm. just some things that that were interesting that we pointed out. And I think um, one of the things that that kind of links to our word of caution is that categorization of the recommendations. It wasn't easy. So you, there, there were quite a few recommendations where there were multiple considerations yeah. within one recommendation, you know, things like the quality of teaching and how it ensures pupils listen to feedback. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, so there were lots of things. So what we've tried to do is we're going to go through some of the different types of recommendations and talk about what informed their inclusion in that group so that you can begin to understand how we did it. But wherever possible, what we did when we took a recommendation, decided which group it should belong to, you know, we were looking at the language and using a common research tool, which was coding of the language. So if it used a particular word or if it if the sentence prioritized something at the front of that sentence, so that kind of led it, that was the thing that was it was categorized for. You know, there was a big issue with cross-curricular skills, the fact that they cover literacy, numeracy, um, maths. We also yeah. included that in there, digital competence, but also physical skills. What we did was we categorized, like there was one category for cross-curricular skills, then cross-curricular skills for extended yeah. writing, then for writing. So we kind of... They were broken down. Broke subcategories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we dealt with that. Yeah. There were two schools who received no recommendations at all. Okay, one Welsh medium, one English medium. There was also two sets of two schools who received identical recommendations. Mm -hmm. And I mean, word for word, absolutely mm -hmm. the same recommendations. So I'm not quite sure what went on there. And, you know, one thing that needs to be borne in mind is that these recommendations are not identifying what a school is doing well. Mm -hmm what they do is they identify where there is a deficit. But it's like, you've got to go back to, you know, anybody knows you go back to the SDN report and then you can pick out all of the positive things. Cause even in, you know, with schools, mm. you know, in a particular follow-up, you know, either special measures or, you know, the, the category, like, but the, the group, the follow-up above, yeah. is that they've got, yeah, there's still many, many positives within, within there as well. And there so. was actually um, one school that was in LA and um, Estim Review yeah. and was doing a case study, study yeah, you know, so, so it, it, that follows. But we are not identifying how schools are doing. What we're doing yeah. is we're saying, well, what are coming up as common issues as it appears in the recommendations? Yeah. So the kinds of questions that this kind of brought up for us that that um you know ideally would love to have answered um but we don't know at the moment are things like you know what actually triggers a recommendation you know how much evidence um is needed in order to say mm -hmm. yes that's fine or how little yeah does there need to be before they say well no that's yeah. not fine you know what's the threshold yeah. Because this this doesn't take into account the conversations that happen in school, is it? Or, you know, the wealth of, of things that are looked at and, and the conversations within with it with teachers and, and, and pupils and, and, and the whole but there must be, really, isn't it? There must be a tipping point, yeah. Uh, to say that right, this needs a recommendation, or actually no, they have this in hand. And you know, when you're thinking about the evidence that they actually use, there is evidence in school that is really easy to gather, mm -hmm. and then there's potentially things going on in school that it's actually really difficult to gather evidence on you know the difference between say extended writing and oracy yeah you know and we'll come to that in a little bit more detail later 
the other thing that we would be interested to know is how are um, inspections quality assured? Mm -hmm. um, we know that the inspection, um, the um, body of inspectors out there currently are, uh, you know, you've got your, I'm right in thinking you've got full-time inspectors HMI, who work, yeah. HMIs who work full-time. Then you've got peer inspectors mm -hmm. who come part-time from schools. You've got lay inspectors. Um, but, you know, the, the size of that workforce must mean that there are um, some inspectors who don't see very many schools. And the schools that they are seeing, they're comparing those schools, no doubt. But it, it's thinking, well, how, and I'm sure they do, it, yeah. but how do they yeah. actually do it? How do they make sure that's that- That's a question we've got, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. How do they? How do they make sure that, you know, the, the inspection that's carried out on school yeah. A in, in yeah. Cardiff um, is as high quality as the inspection that yeah. they've carried out. You know, yeah. we know they do training, all those kind of things, but that we just like more detail on what, what that looks like. So in all age schools, and I think we've actually answered this, um, this question in, in the data, but this would be a question as well. In all age schools, what, what was the kind of the catalyst for the uh, recommendations? Was it more primary or more secondary? And actually what we found in the data was that the percentage of the results align more closely with the secondary yeah. uh, profile than they do with the yeah. primary profile. So it would suggest that actually um, the where things are not going as well in all age schools, it tends to seem to be in the, the secondary, secondary yeah. that, that where the yeah. issue is. Um, or there's more, more, more things being addressed within the secondary than or being identified within the secondary than the primary phase. Absolutely. There's... Uh, one other question that we would ask before, this is just something that we wanted to mention. So how is um, the inspection process um, using research informed strategies to hold schools to account? Because, you know, we've got a learning inspectorate in Wales. We've got an inspectorate who are more frequently using research based um, approach to their thematic reports and so on and you know they're they're more focused on research so how are they using what they know about the best bets for teaching and learning mm -hmm. in school improvement in their inspection mm -hmm. process when they go in do they have you know the science of learning in their back pocket they can say oh well you know in comparison with what you're doing that's not supported by research but we know that this is supported by research now how is how is yeah. that happening it'd be interesting to see if, if elements of that are in the Essence annual report when that yeah. comes out for 22-23 yeah. which is usually around about January late yeah. Christmas time January isn't it yeah I mean all these questions that we're asking are questions that we couldn't find the answers for <laughs> so obviously that's why we're asking yeah, yeah. the other thing that we wanted to point out before we go on is that the Facebook group obviously has has seen a really big influx of new members not all of those new members are teachers and there's been a really, really big interest in this particular piece of information, which is a question that we'd like to, to ask, well, why? Why is there such a big interest in this? Uh, our, our assumption is that because it hasn't been done before or this information isn't available anywhere else. And, you know, why or not? Or it's just really useful. Well, yeah, there is that. There is that. <laughs> Okay, then. So let's get into the recommendations. So what we're going to do first is we are going to be a bit better. Yeah, we're going to we'll look at look at one, two and three 
for each of the different groups. So we're going to just say what is number one, number two, number three in terms of percentage of recommendations for each of the different groups of schools. So for all schools across Wales in 22-23 who received a full inspection, number one, top of the top of the top, um, of, the top of the pops for percentage proportion of recommendations was cross-curricular skills that is uh, literacy numeracy digital competence and it was 117 recommendations were made in that group of mm -hmm. which is 15 percent of all recommendations the number two okay for all schools for all schools was the one that you know i was expecting to be number one really is evaluation improvement Okay, which came in a really close second. It was 14.2%. It was. So 114 yeah. recommendations. And and then I think people can guess well, where the third one's going. It's the one that, you know... Quality of goes, teaching quality and assessment. Teaching. Yeah. Which was actually a little bit behind. It was 85 recommendations, 10.6%. Mm -hmm. So just to give you a, a flavour of how that looks for all the different school categories. So secondary schools at number one was evaluation and improvement. At number two was quality of teaching and assessment. And at number three, way down the list for most other schools, was mm. attendance, mm. which 50% of the recommendations. But bear yeah. in mind, that was only 16 school, recommendations yeah. Yeah, yeah. because there were only 32 yeah. schools. But we know that attendance in secondary is, yeah. is a huge issue post-COVID as well. And so that, that there's no yeah. nothing new there. So for primaries... Again, it was the first, top of primary was cross curricular skills, which you would expect, mm -hmm. you know, literacy, numeracy, yeah, uh, with you know, your cross curricular. Uh, number two was independent learning. Yeah, which was mm. that was surprising. It to was. Us. Yeah, we've seen that crop up mm. regularly quite a few times, and I think seeing it now uh, mm. in a table, I think you know, making pupils more independent mm. and more independent in their working and their learning mm. i think is one that, that we'll come back to each of these ones and give a bit more detail and in a minute number three number three was going back to evaluation improvement so evaluation improvement really is it's top of the box it's it's key and just to go back to schools that were in some kind of follow-up through this inspection process they had at number one quality of teaching and assessment at number at joint number one sorry so it's Joint number one, quality of teaching and assessment and leadership. And number three was evaluation and yeah. improvement. So not that different, yeah. but it was interesting it's, that it was joint number one. It's very much three or four at the top. Mm. And they've all got a slightly different order within, yeah. within primary, secondary or... So what we're going to do is now is we're going to look at maybe three or four of these recommendation groups just to give you a flavour of it, because I think we'll look at... We'll look at it in a little bit more detail in our Facebook Live group, but we're also going to share for everybody who attends a Facebook Live the actual analysis, which will give you all of the details. So a PDF of the analysis. But let's just talk about um, the cross-curricular skills for a second. There were a lot of recommendations in this, 117 in total, and they were kind of in three different groups. So it's either improve a particular skill, like improve writing or improve reading or whatever, or improve the opportunities for that skill so more better purposeful meaningful or improve cross-curricular application and what we did as part of this process was when we were looking at a particular group of recommendations we went back to the actual language of the recommendation themselves and in some cases 
back to the inspection report itself mm. to see what had been said. But obviously, cross-curricular skills, that was the kind of mm. general do you know, category, but it, there are specific ones as well. Do you know, it, it is really difficult to sum up lots of things mm. in one sentence. Yeah. It is. It, it is really. And so when you think about it, mm. that, you know, the number of cross-curricular skills recommendations yeah there's 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 so many so it's not surprising no okay so evaluation and improvement now we haven't seen this recommendation as as prevalent certainly and it seems to be uh, you know we've got the new evaluation improvement framework we've got the new national resource for evaluation and improvement we've you know we've got a real focus on this nationally Mm. in Mm. policy education policy so it's not surprising that this is being reflected in the new inspection framework, that this is, um, you know, coming across through the recommendations. But I'd just like to point out that for schools within the category, 54% of them had this recommendation. For secondary schools, 66% had this recommendation. For primary schools, 41% yeah. had it. And for all those schools, 67% had it. So it's massive. But what's interesting, though, is that only one of these recommendations actually mentioned the link with professional learning. I know. I I know. Because if you think about it, we know from research that um, the quality of teachers or teaching Mm. is um, the most Mm. highly or significantly uh, correlated with the quality of learning. You know, the better your teaching, the better the learning. Mm -hmm. So if we're thinking about evaluating what's going on and identifying things for improvement and then thinking about what professional learning is required that should be very much part of it but the fact that only one recommendation mentioned professional learning at all well maybe that's something for schools to be thinking about isn't it if you know if you when you're looking at evaluation yeah and you know within your sdp or or your p app or whatever you're looking at is which you do you make that link to professional learning but it's making sure the professional learning link is based in the most robust evidence that you can have absolutely so the the range of recommendations within this group were that the ability of leaders to identify shortcomings you know and that's linked with your monitoring processes and assessment obviously of learning as part of that Maybe that there was more focus on impact on on pupils learning that came across a lot mm. that it was that that sharp focus on yeah. pupils learning that was what they expected felt was yeah. lacking that's certainly what was appearing in recommendations, and that the identifying areas for improvement targets were clear and measurable and I'm actually quoting words used in the recommendations here, other words that were used in the recommendations that we noted were timely and one recommendation said swift now that may well have been because the school had difficulties with leadership and things just didn't get done but it's interesting that that just came up yeah so that's they're they're not words that i picked up before no no i've never i've never seen swift before no never no, no, no okay quality of teaching and assessment so this recommendation really is one that I think requires schools to really dig down into practice well, within schools. Well, it's a massive category, isn't it? The yes. quality of teaching assessment, that, that, you know, that's the majority of things that you do for the majority of the day. Well, absolutely. Yeah. And when you think about the process of inspection, 
the process of inspection really is like a snapshot. And you know, it's a really tough job. You've got inspectors coming into a school cold to a certain extent yeah. um, for a limited period of time, having to gather information about the whole of the school's work, everything that they do, and then make a judgment. That's an enormous task. So it's only ever going to be a tip of the iceberg yeah. snapshot. It's only just going to say on the surface, we can see this. Yeah. Which is why it's so important for the recommendation to be the start of that process mm. to, to think about, well, where does the root of this recommendation but it, sit? But it's also that check with the school self-evaluation, isn't it? If as a school you've said that the quality of your teaching and learning is and assessment is this, mm -hmm. it's the Eston recommendation that's really corroborating what your school yeah. evaluation is saying because you know you is a professional within that school you knew your school best and you knew your teachers best absolutely so you know our teachers and this is things that we picked up from the recommendations our teachers accurately identify whether learning has mm. happened mm -hmm. because if you're not accurately identifying that learning has happened you can't then provide the evidence for that yeah. and then estin inspectors can't see it um you know you need to know what the steps are for learning to happen. So we're really getting back into pedagogy now. It, this recommendation also links really closely with a separate one on feedback, mm. which we actually separated out because it was mentioned so often. And, you know, thinking about teachers providing feedback to pupils on which they would then improve mm. their learning. You know, it, it's, it's so difficult to identify in a recommendation what it is about that whole cycle of teaching learning assessment where yeah. things are going wrong because if if the quality of teaching isn't what it should be is it because the quality of teaching is addressing the wrong thing that pupils because the assessment has been yeah. a problem and maybe they haven't learned what you wanted them to learn because you're actually teaching the wrong thing you know it's it's yeah. this where, so where does the teaching and learning cycle fit within this yeah so it was a significant category for schools that that was <laughs> You know, we're talking about 58% of schools in a category had this, oh, sorry, in follow-up, 56% of secondary schools, 28% of all primary schools, 56% of all secondary schools had, uh, sorry, all age schools had this. But a word that came up a lot that appeared in a lot of these recommendations, I mean, I didn't do the, you know, the whole word count thing, but yeah. you could, was progress. Yeah. How are you showing that teaching and assessment is directly linked with positive progress in pupils' learning? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's kind of the, the crux of it, but that is such a massive yeah. thing. Yeah. So, and that, that, maybe that's one question that schools really do need to be asking themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, are we really clear mm. on how we're showing teaching and assessment? Yeah. Is directly linked with Yeah. Those. How are mm -hmm. we measuring and recording and using mm -hmm. that data to show that mm -hmm. progress is being made? not just to us things but to ourselves yeah so that we know yeah. where we're Is going it next absolutely absolutely right let's do another big one um so that, just think for <laughs> that appeared in the top three um but was only for primary schools didn't appear anywhere else is independent learning mm -hmm. so this was 8.9 percent of all schools nine percent mm -hmm. of schools and categories six percent of secondary 32% of primary mm -hmm. schools. Well, we know independence is one thing following COVID mm. that we know that from talking to lots and lots of schools is that 
pupils came back mm. they were you know their social skills were emotionally, a little, immature. emotionally mature their resilience was a little bit mm. you know need, needed some nurturing and I think maybe this is stemming from yeah the lockdowns the maybe lockdown. I mean I know that resilience was something that we've been working with schools yeah. on for like eight yeah. eight years since since we started so you know is this independent mm. learning is this a result of a lack of resilience yeah. but it was I just thought it was really interesting that re- the recommendations were almost exclusively primary. primary yeah you know why is that is that is that because by the time they get to secondary if they haven't been good at it they've got there or is it because um it's not a focus for Eston at secondary mm. that they've got other things to be looking at it, it's just interesting that there should be is such an expectation in secondary that they they have to be more independent because yeah. of the way that the schools yeah. are structured I, you know it's it's an interesting one to to question isn't it absolutely so let's let's talk about leadership because that came up as number one in schools well, in can i just go back to that one because the one oh, we okay. missed off is that um, there were a number of primary schools that had recommendations for both challenge and independence right okay so much like the quality yeah. of teaching and assessment goes with feedback yeah independent learning goes with challenge, challenge. Yeah. And challenge was a really big one i mean we've got uh 28% of schools within some kind of follow up had challenge mm-hmm. 24% of all primary schools there's only 9% of secondary schools but appropriate challenge um more prevalent in primary than mm-hmm. secondary but you know i've written down a load of questions to do with challenge in terms of how do inspectors decide this is a recommendation you know um how do inspectors know that pupils aren't being challenged enough you know what about consolidation or overlearning yeah how do they know that the pupils are just not being challenged or how do they know if they get an overlearning instead it's that's a really hard question you know what evidence is used to know that pupils are not being challenged highly or appropriately yeah. for them. So we know with Cliffhill for Wales, it's not age appropriate. It's not stage. It's, it's stage, stage, not age. stage or age. Okay. So leadership. This was number one for schools in follow-up, and it was uh, 58% of schools in follow-up. So much more of an issue for secondary than primary. It was just, a, just under a third, wasn't it, of secondaries? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, primary schools, it was only 18% of primary schools. So... One of the things that I was thinking about with this was, is leadership not so much of an issue in primary because of the different context? Because leading a secondary school, I'm, I, I don't know. Well, it's really difficult. It's a different it? job. Well, it, it is a different job, but also that you know, I my last school was quite a small secondary, so and I know there are primaries that are bigger yeah. than the secondary that I was working in. So it's not about necessarily about the size. No, I it's know a, it's a much. It, they're just different. Well, they're different. They're different organisations for a start. Mm. A primary school is a different organisation to a secondary mm. school. It's a different job. Is the job of secondary school is the MPQH not addressing that difference enough? You know, or is is it a less attractive job, or is it more challenging, mm. or is the is the expectation from Eston inspectors mm. different? But it, it can't be, it can't be that we that our secondary school leaders are just less good than our primary no, school leaders. That no, doesn't seem not. to make sense because, you know, yeah. we know that there I, are. I think this is the one category that I think you've got to go back into context and look at, you yeah. know, where the school, we've had lots of Maybe school reorganisations, we've yeah. had lots of, you know, 
people and covid you know has been very very difficult yeah you know maybe is there a is there, is there more of a well-being issue at secondary than there is at primary you know we know a lot of secondary heads are male a lot of primary heads are female i don't know that I, i'm just throwing out data here i i don't know um and this is not something that you know recommendations alone can answer it's the kind of thing mm -hmm. is what's going on here so the, the other ones, I think we're kind of getting to the end, just to mention attendance, you know, th there's a massive difference in attendance in primary and secondary, mm. as you mm. would expect, you know, it's 50% of um, secondary schools have this as a recommendation, but only 3% of primaries. Mm -hmm. So big difference. I think it's worth going back to the cross-curricular skills, though, talking about identifying that extended writing, for example. Yeah is that is the one that seems to crop up time and time again and we get lots of requests for, from schools about oh extended writing is an issue can you mm -hmm. come along and help us mm -hmm. with extended writing and we know from the work we've done with those schools that actually extended writing is is just the surface so when you scratch underneath it goes a lot deeper and it's like any sort of investigative you know data analysis you realize that what you see on the top isn't necessarily the thing that you really need to address so we had at primary level cross-curricular skills that specifically identified writing was 15 percent of the schools had that recommendation and extended writing nine percent of schools had that recommendation zero extended writing um, recommendations made for secondary just say zero recommendations mm -hmm. that mention specifically writing right. made for secondary so what is going on there mm -hmm. so it would you would assume that if we've got um 15 of schools at primary level writing is an issue mm -hmm. how is that suddenly not an issue at secondary mm -hmm. level it, it that doesn't that doesn't make sense or is it that at secondary level because writing is then a actual specific subject mm. maybe that that's yeah. the difference but you know as jane was saying as you were saying that that you know writing is a really easy piece of evidence mm. to collect that's what you, you just yeah. collect in the books and you have a look at it and you can see it in black and white mm. but when we're thinking as an english teacher i'm thinking about developing the developing the quality of writing the first thing i look at is reading mm. and when we go to reading in the recommendations reading was mentioned it's mentioned in six percent of primary schools have that only three percent of secondary schools and when we know that from the most recent pisa results that uh schools in wales are at the bottom of the home nations in terms of reading standards i'm really surprised that in fact cross-curricular skills reading, reading specifically yeah only one recommendation mm. for secondary noted that. And yes. we know that there are schools out there where they have 60% um, of their pupils have a reading age of nine months below yeah. the yeah. chronological yeah. age. So why would you not yeah. identify that as a recommendation? Yeah. So, they, I mean, we're talking about the schools that were part of this 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 one year cycle, but I think- 259 well, schools. Well, I think as a secondary, mm. you know, I know a very few where they're not focusing, they haven't got reading as a as a recommendation. Well, yeah, and let's as a as a school priority. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, and let's let's say, you know, we had 32 secondary schools. Of those 32 um secondary schools, 
we had um you know we had um 12 of those secondary schools um were identified as ne needing a significant amount of follow-up so it doesn't make sense that such a pivotal skill well it's the one thing wouldn't appear in the a recommendation one, it's the thing that makes the difference yeah on across the curriculum uh, across the curriculum i mean it yeah. may be it may be that reading wasn't specified yeah. specifically because it was covered in literacy but Maybe. my, my yeah. question would be well why do it that way because if you if the recommendations are a, a vehicle by which the school understands what it is they need to improve yeah. and i did go back to the actual inspection mm. reports themselves for this one then why not mention reading specifically? Because surely the recommendations are supposed to make it easier for a job for the, the schools to develop. So yeah, there, there's that. Um, I think we're kind of getting to the, we, there's so much more that we could say, but um, I just wanted to look at professional learning. We had six recommendations in total. So only one. Um, it's very, very few, isn't it? Yeah, very yeah. few. Yeah. The other one I think is worth mentioning, and then I think we'll finish it, is the pupil voice and influence. So oh, that old chestnut. This old chestnut, pupil voice and influence. So this was only 1% of all recommendations. Mm -hmm. So there was only eight recommendations in total. Mm -hmm. So not very many. All of them at primary level, none mm -hmm. at secondary level. Now, obviously, 1% isn't statistically significant. Um, but what's really interesting is that this recommendation should have been made at all. And I'm going to quote here the actual recommendations, because I think it's really interesting to listen to the actual language that's used. So I'm quoting. Influence and take ownership of their learning. In lessons, opportunities for pupils to influence how and what they learn are too limited. Another one, however, mainly in older classes, there are not always sufficient opportunities for pupils to make decisions about the level of challenge involved in activities or to choose how they would like to learn. And another one, older pupils do not make enough decisions about how to set up their work or what to include. Now, when you think about pupil voice and influence, you think of pupil-led learning. And you think about pupils deciding what topics to do and, you know, all of those kinds of things. And actually the recommendations, they sound a little bit like that. Mm. They said, you know, how and what they are learning. That, and, we, and we know that we're not going down the road of pupil-led. No, because I'm quoting here from Welsh Government guidance for pupil voice is, and I'm quoting, Schools and practitioners should have a vision to develop a curriculum which draws on learner voice and responds to learners' needs, experiences and input. So that is the curriculum. It draws yeah. on pupils' response. Finding that balance, isn't it? Absolutely. So what was interesting is when you went back to the actual inspection reports themselves, the, the, the kind of passages from the inspection report that seemed to be the foundation for the recommendations actually weren't about pupils choosing what they learn. It was more about having ownership of their own learning and yeah. having ownership of, you know, the choices they make to improve their work or the way they set it out or whether they were using worksheets or not. And I think this is why the language of the recommendations and what schools do with them afterwards and how they're interpreted, not just by the people involved in the inspection themselves, but classroom teachers. Yeah. And you know, this is why professional learning is like crucial yeah. because if, if that, recommendation is interpreted as 
well, pupils need to decide what it is they're learning and how they're going to do that, rather than let's just look at the amount of independence we're providing the opportunity yes. for, then, you know, that that's really, really problematic. So we've got 30 different categories. We've done about six or seven of them. There's lots there's, more information. There's more to come. In. There is more to come. So if you would like to know more and you're not a member of our Facebook group yet, then look in the show notes, make a request and... and if you're a teacher well, you're in <laughs> if you're not you're not and um we shall we shall talk to you soon about that before we go though what's next for us well we are obviously facebook live tuesday with the 26th at 4 p.m and we've got our little jaunt up oh no we're not going we're doing it remotely this time yeah. back working back with our one of our clusters that we, we love working with if you've listened to our previous podcasts We've done a podcast with uh, Paul, Phillips. Paul Phillips from St Mary's up, yes. in, uh, up in North Wales and in Flint. And also in the summer, we did a podcast with, um, now you're asking me because it was the summer, it was St Richard Gwynn. That's right, the secondary. Yeah. The secondary. The secondary. So we're back working with the cluster remotely uh, yeah. until we go back up again in the, in the early spring. But we're also working with Command the Show LA uh, and doing their pedagogy launch we are going to be working with all of their um, head teachers and senior leaders from their schools in Carmarthenshire on uh, pedagogy. Um, yeah. We're obviously we're we've also done a professional learning pack to do with pedagogy, got we a have. workshop to do with that. But we're yeah, that's a very exciting piece of work. We're looking forward to that. So that's coming up in the next few days. And we're well. back in Trellick. We are back in Trellick. Yes. So yeah, oh, we're all so, over the place. So, so busy time. So we will see you again we'll speak soon. soon. Bye now. Bye. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to make sure you don't miss future episodes. You can find us online at www.impact.wales. You can also follow us on social media. On Twitter, we're at Impact Wales. On Facebook and Instagram, search for Impact Wales. And on LinkedIn, search for Impact School Improvement.